0: The following is brought to you by Braided Media and is a particularly special show. From the soundstage of 54 Lights, this episode has been curated with care from Blantyre, Malawi. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is designed to elevate black voices through authentically told stories of Africans, African descendants, or allies of the community. For those of you who don't know, my name is Kindwani Mwase, Ethiopian-born, Canadian-raised, and proudly Malawian. I live in the world of business, but find inspiration, energy, and purpose in creative spaces. This show is my passionate pursuit to better understand that which shapes and defines our culture. It is the manifestation of my curiosity. Over the years that I've had this show, I've been steadfast that our vision is amplifying the great continent and those deeply invested in its progress. That means that our heartbeat is expansive. It flows in and off the motherland. And depending on its source, the people who are invested in lighting the land can come from different places and spaces. Today, we focus our ears on an ally of the community, a man who's channeled his creative talents, his love of music, and his deep devotion to humanity to ignite change. My next guest is someone I've bonded with in the virtual hallways of the business world. His intellect was great, but as you'll soon hear, his genuine heart is where the magnetism lies. He's a designer with flair, having worked at or near the helm of some of North America's premier creative agencies. You needn't go far to find his footprint, and you needn't look long to understand why it's everlasting, fierce, formidable, and friendly. Matt has in him what we all seek, the healthiest cocktail of compassion, care, and creativity. Without further a ramble, my next episode is Book It, Build It, and Play. Featuring the formidable Matt Renick.
1: Worked at some pretty impressive places. Um, What I'm curious about, Matt, is is what brought you what brought you to this line of work, this this type of work.
2: Oh, it's a it's a great question. Um, I think, yeah, like I'll I'll try. Brevity is not my strong suit, so I'll try. But I think you know, when I was a young person, I was I was pretty creative. Um, I was more interested in drawing and skateboarding and music and those types of things. And I also grew up in a home where I was, uh, you know, very much loved and supported, but also quite different. You know, my father's an engineer. My mom worked in the school system. My sister went on to become a microbiologist. You know, and then there was me. And um, I was I was really fortunate to have grown up in a home where, um, you know, people down the street would get a go kart. My dad and I would say, "Let's build one." So there was always this sort of really DIY mentality in the home. And by the time I was in my early teens, and I I was skateboarding, and I found punk rock, and I found the hardcore music scene, and all that, which was very, very much centered around like a, a hyper DIY ethos. Like you want to do something, you just do it. Like you're playing yeah. in a band, you can't get a show, you book a hall, you get a couple kids together, and you you have a show. And so, in doing that, I was I was always I was making show flyers, I was making demo covers, I was doing those those types of things as a just a factor of it needing to be done. Mm-hmm and at some point must have figured this is this is a thing I can do uh and and this might be a path forward for me as I think about what I want to do with myself in the future and so I went to school and I studied mostly film and I thought I was going to be this documentary filmmaker it was going to be great and um and just didn't just went went into design um in same and very much in that DIY ethos founded a company with a few friends like a small web shop in the early 2000s Mostly focused on music industry um, clients, did that for a few years, found myself magically in like biotech, healthcare, pharmaceuticals uh, for about eight years. And that was, that was a bit, um, it was soul crushing at times, but I was working with just like mostly people who had biomedical communications degrees and understood, you know, let's say you were pharma, pre-med, whatever, and then decided I want to be an animator instead. So they were people that had this deep medical knowledge that I was getting to absorb all of this from. So it, it was, it was, it kept me there longer than it should have, you know. Um wow. and have just been since then have been really drawn by interest. I got really lucky when I went to uh Sapient. I was brought in to work on the global Harley Davidson uh digital account. And you know, I had a friend, my friend Lindsay. She was we both were into like again skateboarding, motorcycles, we were in all that stuff together. So she was like, well. You have a Harley, and I'm working on Harley. You should be working <laughs> with me. The, the creative field is is um, you know is it, tricky. It's rife with contradiction and complication and all those things. But um, it, it, it can the work life balance doesn't tend to be great. You can it, it can be a very like emotional thing. But end of the day, I always think about how fortunate I am because in the realm of things I could be doing, putting my body at risk all of that like uh to get to do this every day even when it's hard is still is still a great honor and a privilege
1: you you kind of answered this but maybe a little bit on the fringes of it is like what for you is the best part about what you do like as a profession
2: ah it's a good one uh nine times out of ten it's the people Um, and I know that that can sound like a really stock answer.
1: It's like the corporate line, like we love our people, but it's, (laughs) yeah, it's it's true. When you say people, you mean people that you work with or that you're working like, like, like clients, partners and stuff like that.
2: Occasionally clients, partners, mostly people I'm working with. It's Ah, the the teams that come together, um, usually with their own sense of priority, their own, um, metric of success everyone is coming together for sort of a common goal. And a lot of like-minded people have found themselves into the same industry. And so my teams are always always the thing that, that sort of keeps me anywhere for a very long time. And for me, there are a few things more fulfilling than seeing something that I've done. Um, even if I haven't done it, even if my team's done it and I've had some hand in it, when I see something that I've done come to fruition and have eyes on it, it it gives me it does give you a little jolt of happiness, you know, because nice. you're I did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's the same with my I have friends, lots of friends in the industry. And when I see a t-shirt that one of them designed walking down the street, I feel I don't do it often, but I feel the need to be like, my buddy did that. Yeah. <laughs> did that, you know. <laughs> For sure. For uh, sure. There, there is a great, there is a great deal of 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 excitement and satisfaction that comes with it. But bar none, it's 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 always the people, it's the teams yeah. I get to work with. The, the connections that I make with people, and the, the sort of relationships that develop from that, whether you work together or not.
1: It always dawns on me that it's really important to tell people about the other side, the flip side of the coin. So yeah, yeah. Without, without getting too, you know, negative or whatever, yeah. like, what's the toughest part about what you do, if you're able and comfortable to share that?
2: For sure, no, I'm very open about it. Um, I'm very open about it in whatever situation.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe, maybe too
1: open, yeah. <laughs> you know, I,
2: I, you know I'm, a, I'm a reasonably diplomatic person. I try not to say things that are going to upset people, but I also think it's very important to be clear about the things that are not working for you, and, and that, that's day to day, every day. And I think, I think in work, my my number one issue is always, um, it's always time um times and budget time budget all of these types of things mm-hmm. that 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 can create a negative impact a for the team for their quality of life for their work-life balance for their sense of of uh, dignity and appreciation um you know like if, if if someone asks you how long does it take to do this and you say well i don't know how long is a piece of string like like i don't know and they say okay well realistically how long does it take okay 100 hours and they say you've got four you know there's i don't know if you've ever seen that venn diagram the three circles good fast cheap pick two <laughs> yeah, right yes Yes, I have. you know and and i think that's that's always the the most negative thing about this job is just that people don't pick two they want all three that's not always realistic so you sacrifice yourself for the quality of of the output beyond that like again all things considered if that's the worst thing that you have to deal with it's pretty good what what else would i do you know yeah no for sure for sure
1: speaking of what else you do and i was gonna yeah. take you you dropped a carrot about t-shirts before but um i was I, gonna I take it here I, I yeah yeah I, I was gonna say i'm sporting it right here and you know it's the, the perfect yeah. thing i gotta show i gotta show this up i'm not too sure um i was gonna put it on but i i wanted to make sure that i got the whole like thing on the screen so i typically don't do video um yeah. it looks like my lighting is really horrible. So I don't think I'll do video. But um the the uh, this came today. So I'm like, this is like the perfect time, like the perfect timing that it came today. Awesome. And um for, for those listening, I'm holding up a t-shirt here which has got emblazoned with uh Fela kuti quotes, um, and a couple of lyrics and I think song titles actually. And this is something that you've put together. Uh, to raise money for for um, some causes that are going on in Nigeria. Can you tell me a bit about what inspired you to, to do this? Yeah,
2: for sure. So, I mean, it was it was a, a bunch of things. When I decided to make that sure, first, I think I was feeling a little bit creatively tapped. Uh, I wasn't really enjoying the work I was doing at the time and was just feeling the need to do something. And so I'd started with this idea that I was going to take a bunch of old song titles. Like I had, you know, I don't know if you know Francis Bebe, you know, Coffee Cola song, I think from the Congo. I had um, Minnie Riperton's Le Fleur. I had Fela's um, Trouble Sleep, Yanga yeah. Wake Am, Yanga Wake Am. And I, and I just wanted to sort of pull lyrics from these songs and put together these kind of like bootleg type shirts. and. Like most of the things I do, I kind of start them and then move on to something else and don't finish them. And then there was that period, it was on Fela's birthday, and the the end SARS protests had just been kicking off, had been kicking off in, in Nigeria. And uh, I don't know if the big battle had happened at the at the bridge, you know, where people were effectively massacred, but you're thinking, okay, I've, I've got this graphic for a sure. shirt and what's a thing i can do and the tiniest thing i can do is donate money and i can just do that i can just donate money but then i was like i also really want to produce this shirt it feels fitting it felt like you know i'm not a religious person i don't i don't believe in much but if anything was a sign for me again not to make a bigger deal out of it than it is if anything was a sign for me to actually take this shirt and make it it was fela's birthday people being murdered by the police there um that's a thing and and i want to raise some money and so i started the process of getting them produced took a little longer than i'd hoped but i had a a great friend helping me out with it um so they gave me really great pricing on it so i could donate more money like it was that was great and but by the time they came out Mm -hmm. the organization feminist collect uh, collective in in nigeria that i wanted to donate to was no longer taking that (laughs) donations Ah, and so i said okay well, who's Who's someone else that could use the money? And I, I identified three organizations that did kind of different things. So there was the there was the the Mirabelle Center, which focuses on on women's issues um, in the country. Uh, there was Serap, who focuses on mostly legal counsel and, mm-hmm. and challenging the government directly, uh, which was really great. And then the Cocoon Foundation. Um, which is kind of a funny one because the, the guy who runs the Cocoon Foundation, I can't tell if he's this sort of extravagant millionaire who just like gives out stuff. His Instagram stories are really funny, but he, he handles mostly food insecurity on the streets. And, and so his personality was a bit funny to watch and be like, I can't quite read this person, but the, the effect of what they're doing for the people on the streets was good. So I thought, you know, yeah, let, that's cool. Let's identify three organizations. Um, and was able to raise, you know, a couple thousand dollars to send over. It was, you know, for me, I got to make a shirt that I love. I, and again, same great deal of excitement when I see people, especially people I don't know. Usually yeah. it's people I know, but when I see someone I don't know, I'm like, yes, I made that. Yeah. That's great. And um, got to fulfill a little bit of, I, I guess, abandoning the helplessness you feel when you see something happen in the world and you say, I can't do anything about this. And you're like, well, that's a little thing. I, I can do that. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. not, not going to change anything,
1: really, but I can do that. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Matt, I think I think you you underplay the impact that you have. Number one, what I think is really phenomenal about what you what you've done is, you know, you used your your skill set, you used your your artistic and, and business acumen to sort of to make something happen. um and then you did you did the thing which is i think a really remarkable thing as well which is to do this research and find these three organizations so you didn't just stop it like people get i think stopped by a lot of roadblocks for a lot of legitimate reasons and for a lot of illegitimate reasons and you broke through that so i have to really tip my 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 whatever virtual hat to you (laughs) and say you know thank you for 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 being an example to other people as well and and in through what you just what you just described and what you did, another thing which I find really cool about what you did and I don't know if this was you know by design, you know pardon the pun, yeah. but is it's it's manifest it manifests in a t shirt right which which kind of is something that you can people you can walk around and there's a story to be told. I know when I wear this shirt, people are going to say, "Oh, that's a cool shirt, what's that all about and i can I can now unpack that. Right. And, and yeah. I think that's the difference between like, hey, I gave money and oh, there's a T-shirt that's now a signal to other people and other people can start having a dialogue about it. Whether they get educated or you give money themselves is maybe not yeah. the point, but yeah. it's an interesting way of, of having the dialogue extended. Is that was that intentional on your part? At, at least in
2: part, but I definitely saw the effect of it. And I, I think it was it was really exciting to me when I had a few friends who who were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna grab a shirt because I, I support the cause and that I like the shirt. That's cool. But they're like, I don't really I don't really know his music, you know. And uh, but I'm but I'm gonna do it. And and that again opened the opportunity to say, oh okay, well here's where you start. Here's a few yeah. articles you can read. And inevitably, everyone is just like, oh well, I know this sound but i didn't know i didn't know where that came from you know like i've heard yeah. afrobeats you know i've heard whatever but but didn't necessarily recognize where it came from and and become true fan i'm sure that my growing up was very different than fela's and yet when i hear that music it resonates with me in a really meaningful
1: way so so i was going to say like fela is a really interesting um, character uh, to be a launching pad for this type of a thing, right, because he was so he was revolutionary and and yeah. there is something like you said about about his music and his um the energy that he brought not to the stage but to the country and the world. everybody knows fella, but they don't know that they they know fella so so what's made you a fan of his you know and what brought you to that that genre of music
2: yeah, um that's a good question like i it, it's not like one of those things where I could tell you the first time I heard the music or anything. Um I have this really good friend Navin who's a nerd about music, like like I am. And I was gonna say like
1: you, you seem to be.
2: We're we're pretty nerdy about it. He <laughs> I am. He used to yeah. uh he used to have a radio show and I forget I forget now what it was called. Um his name on the show was Captain Boogaloo, but uh Navin's like you know, Navin's like a Trini. Trini guy, you know, loves all kinds of things. So he loves like you know, music of the Caribbean, loves music of the West Indies, also listens to a ton of hip hop, ton of punk music, ton of hardcore indie alternative, like whatever. So Navin and I tend to tend to jive on on music a lot. So it's always sending stuff back and forth and back and forth. Um, And so I would say like, you know, however long ago when we became friends, we would we would be often swapping music and and listening to things. And he he as well as like, uh, I don't know if you worked with Eman, Emmanuel.
1: Yes, yes. But only on like one or two projects, actually.
2: But he's Nigerian as
1: well. And and so Navin and I tend to swap
2: old African music. Eman and I tend to swap new African music. So my friends, my friends and I often, we, we swap music all the time. And so that just drives a deeper love for it. And I have certain songs from certain artists that grabbed me that way. And that was one of them. And um, so my instinct when it came to have some sort of musical creative outlet was like, what's that? What's that perfect song that really right. makes you feel something? And then you read the lyrics and <laughs> that's the kind of stuff for me. This is where the nerdery comes in. So you, you I just you find wind it. up. I want to understand that, because I know, I know what my I, I know in Canadian language, you know, English, yeah. like, like or not, Canadian, not that English is the Canadian language, in like Canadian English, we have all our little like dialects, regional dialects and stuff. And so when I hear that in something else, I'm like, "What, is, what does he owe me? Why would someone oh, say that at the man. end of a
0: sentence?
2: And that becomes it, it, it connects me that much more to a song that I love when I actually feel like I'm starting to understand it. I'm starting to understand wow. what I really saying.
1: You know? yeah. yeah. So you, 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 you take it that next step, right? You're going a little bit deeper because I think a lot of people, myself included, just to be honest with you, just, you know, I, I just, I, 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 I sort of sway to the rhythm of the music and I'm just, I'm loving okay. it. But, but to your point, there are some songs that kind of grab you and you're like, Oh, okay. Now what, what, what are the lyrics? Let me like dissect the lyrics. Yes. Where, where, where was that? Where was that played? Where was that? composed why are they saying it that way and then if there are new nuances in language you're kind of like oh what does that mean i got to i got to find somebody from that part of the world and say like hey tell me like what what, tell, what exactly does me. that mean
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: so that's that's really cool so you know yeah. that was going to be my question about is, you know sort of what does music mean to you um i got to ask you yeah. in in an alternate universe are you uh, are you a musician or is there oh is there... yeah
2: i mean yes <laughs> Or in this
1: universe are you a musician i used to be you know i grew up i I grew
2: up playing i played piano as a kid um and then i took up i started playing guitar i played guitar bass drums in a couple different bands tried to learn the trumpet at one point because my dad had trumpets and i was like oh i'll just learn the trump i know you know i i learned the drums by myself i can learn trumpet um so I don't I don't play anymore. I just don't make the I don't make the effort or the time for it. But music has always been a window into worlds that I don't get to experience one way or the other. And so whether it's Bill Withers in 1974, whether it's Minor Threat in 1981 in, in D.C., you know, like there wow. there are these across the spectrum of music like, you know. Um, I've always had the opportunity to to feel what someone else is feeling, because that's what comes through sonically, and then try to understand what they're experiencing, and that's what comes through when you read the lyrics.
1: You know, for for the people who listen to this show, you know, I I say at the top of it, you know, I'm talking to people of African descent, African diaspora, um, Africans on the continent itself, and people who are allies of the community. And it's it really is profoundly underlined that you're an ally for a whole lot of different communities. But I really I really thank you for being an ally to, you know, to the black community, Nigerian community in specific when it comes to the the work that you're doing with these T-shirts. Please continue to do the, the great work that you're doing, Matt. So thank you for coming on the show.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. And I not to try and steal the last word, but I'll, I'll say, uh, again, very, very grateful for that opportunity. And I think it's, it's interesting, the concept of allyship in that way, because I know that what a lot of people are saying is, look, we don't need allies, we need accomplices. But I, I, would, I would say for myself. You try to live honestly, you try to do what you can do for yourself and for other people. And when you recognize that you have an opportunity to, because you're not being crushed under the weight of something, it becomes your duty to do so in whatever way you can. Because what allyship means is you are not at risk. And so your duty becomes to support people who are.
0: So there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at the Soundstage and Auditory Office of 54 Lights. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by our friends at Multiformats. Special thanks goes out again to my guest, Matt Rennick. Not only for your allyship, Matt, but for taking the time to speak to me about your great projects and your great endeavors. Thank you as well to the listeners who are tuning into our show for always lending us your ears, your energy, and of course, your light. If you like what you've heard, remember that there is always more. While we are approaching the end of season three, season four will soon be upon us. And that will be an interesting one. Until then, I urge you to subscribe, go back into the annals of our library, and re-listen or listen anew to previous episodes. If you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on our Instagram handle at crowd54. As always, I invite you to listen, to like, and to share. I am your privileged host, Gondwani Mwase. Until we meet again, thank you for listening.